That was great. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay, good. We got a new clicker, so uh, bear with me. <laughs> but uh, really, honestly, good to be back with you. Um, I'd ask that uh, you please open up to the book of, of Matthew um, and uh, chapter, chapter 6. Um, might be a familiar passage. We've kind of been in Matthew a little bit. Uh, we're going to start with Matthew chapter 6, and then we're going to go to the right quite a bit, a ways to Acts chapter 16. And so uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6, let's see, hopefully this works, there we go, Matthew chapter 6, and would you please stand, um, Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verse 9. You didn't know you were going to get your exercise today. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse, verse 9, um, and we're going to read to uh, the end of 13, and if you know this scripture, you're more than welcome to, to read it out loud along with me. Um, it is the Lord's Prayer, and it says, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I'm going to flip over, and you can follow along if you'd like. Um, Acts chapter 16, and uh, we're just going to read the first few verses. I know this seems really odd, but trust me, there's a point. Um, And if you don't trust me, that's all right. Uh, Acts chapter 16. Um, verse 1 through, through uh, 3, and I'm just going to kind of parse a little bit here. He, being Paul, came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy, of him. Paul wanted to take him along on a journey. Father, We ask that you speak today um, your truth about the church, about this church that's on the corner of Court and Benton, strategically placed in Wapakoneta, in this neighborhood. Lord, will you speak clearly about the church universal, about the big C church, and about who we are as individuals in the church, those that are in Christ. God, may I speak very, very clearly for you, but Lord, I know that you're the one that that works in hearts, not me. So I ask that you remove me and just share the story. Just share the truth. And when we're done today, when we have said the final amen and we go in and, and eat a lot of soup, may you help us process what we're called to be and called to do. And may we put that into action. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Um, For some of you, you may know that um, I just arrived back from a trip um, this past Monday. Uh, I arrived in the States from a very quick and dizzying trip uh, to Germany. Uh, alongside with our good friend Jacob Hawes, uh, who's from Commission Toledo, Brandon Williams, who is the uh, pastor at Hope Community up in Toledo, and another guy by the name of Kerry, who I just met on the trip. Uh, he is, in fact, a part of Reliant Mission. Uh, Reliant Mission is a, an organization that assists missionaries um, with the funds, um, and so he has the privilege and honor to work with many, many missionaries all over the world, even here in the States. Um, but uh, I'd like to share a little bit uh, of the story and kind of go back a few years ago. Um, we went to Germany uh, to visit a place called Church in Action. And about a year and a half ago, a little bit over a year and a half ago, uh, our district, so if you're not familiar with the Church of the Nazarene, the Church of the Nazarene is divided into districts. Um, and Ohio has like six, five, six, seven districts in Ohio, and we're on the northwestern uh, district of Ohio. 
And so we are about 56 churches uh, from Toledo all the way down to Tip City, all the way over to Marysville to uh, the state line of Indiana, and one awkward stepchild, it seems like, uh, um, Union City, which is like in the middle of the state line of Indiana and Ohio. Um, and so we, uh, about a year and a half ago, our district superintendent, Jeff Kunzelman, brought in Philip Zimmerman from the church, church in Action, which is based out of Frankfurt, Germany. And um, some of your leadership here from Wapak Naz was a part of that day. And uh, I started to become a little familiar with them, but where this story turns is back in December, Jacob Halls, who again is a church planner on our district from Co-Mission Toledo, sent me a Facebook message. And his Facebook message was somewhat like this. I know this might be random, but I was praying today, and I thought that I needed to ask you if you wanted to go to Germany. Brandon Williams and I are going to, to Germany to uh, connect with Church in action, action. I heard Chris Zimmerman and Philip Zimmerman was here on our district about a year and a half ago. We want to find out what they're doing and how they're doing it, but we also want to understand how they're linking business and ministry. As soon as I read that Facebook message, the hairs on my neck and arms just kind of went up on end. And uh, I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, but I really wasn't sure if this is what I should do. Uh, I didn't want to waste time, didn't want to waste money. Um, there were a lot of things that needed to happen here. Um, and so I said, hey, uh, let me pray about it, and I'll get back with you. About two weeks later, he messaged me again. Hey, where are you? Are you going on this trip or not? And uh, I said, man, I haven't had any, any leading from the Lord at this point. And so give me till Wednesday, and I'll touch base with you. Well, prayed several times and I hadn't had any leading and so I I messaged him about five o'clock that Wednesday and said dude um, I'm gonna have to decline I don't have any any leading to go on this trip at all um, please I, I'm really curious about what you learn about business and ministry so will you just I'd love to sit and have coffee and chocolate with you sometime and so I went about my day on Thursday morning um, to meet with my mentor uh, at 7.30 in the morning at a coffee shop in, in Lima. And I ran into a friend um, who will be with us here in April. I ran into a friend and uh, passed the cordialities and the genuineness of hello and how are you, what's going on. He said, dude, I want to pick your brain. My wife and I are really trying to think through business and ministry and how those two things link. Um, can, can we talk sometime? Well, like the ears of a dog in the window who heard a noise outside that was my spirit it's like did I make the wrong decision and so I met with my mentor and uh, that Friday um, Amy and I were heading south and we started a discussion just right outside Wapak and was telling her the things that I was contemplating about business and ministry and how those two things link and ever since Jacob's email or Facebook message and uh it came to, the, to a point where she said, I think you're supposed to go on this thing. Well, at a gas station in Troy, I text messaged Jake, and I said, dude, is there any room left? He said, well, we just purchased our tickets yesterday, but yeah, there's still room. I said, count me in. Literally, about an hour to two hours later, I got another Facebook message from a guy that I hadn't even met yet. Um, he's a pastor who's planting a church in Canton, Ohio, and said, hey, we're familiar with your, your store. I want to get together with you because we're considering having a business, and we're trying to figure out how business and ministry link up. I thought, well, there's confirmation. But with all that said, I, I need to bring it a little bit home for you and I because I think often we think in terms of lightning bolts and neon signs, but sometimes it's just like this with Paul and Timothy. Paul meets this guy, Timothy, hears some good words about him, and invites him to go along on a journey. Sometimes, folks, great things come as a result of simply seizing an opportunity set before you. So if you're waiting for the big neon sign, 
You're waiting for the big finger that says, go that way. You're waiting for God to throw that lightning bolt. You're going to be waiting a long time. Seize the opportunity that's before you. And on this trip, I realized that that's been ingrained in this place called Church in Action. And so this morning, I kind of want to share a little bit about this place and these people and what they're doing in ministry. And uh, so from there on, I waved to America (laughs) and took flight um, and landed in Frankfurt, Germany in delirium. Uh, after about 36 hours of being awake, we, still, we hit the ground running for four days. Sleep was not a commodity. Um, we only had four days to really learn as much as we possibly could. And let me just tell you, the elevators are really, really tiny. Um, and so um, we uh, needed lots and lots and lots of coffee, to say the least, on this journey. We met this young lady by the name of Anamona. She greeted us after we had uh, thought we were on the right path. Um, let me just tell you, uh, sometimes when people come to you and ask if you need help, they're the devil in disguise. <laughs> we were on the right path, and this lady who came up to us in a plaza said, do you need help? And so we said yes. And then she told us to go on this train and go to this place and you will find the coffee shop that you need to go to because we were supposed to meet Anamona at a coffee shop. Um, Unfortunately, the lady took us way outside of Frankfurt and uh, we contacted Anamona and said, we don't know where we are. And in her very nice German way said, don't move. And so we met this this young lady, uh, Anamona. She's 30 years old a Romanian who lives in Germany, and a little bit about her story. Her story is actually quite significant um, to the trip and to who Church in Action is. So I want to share a little bit about her story. She's 30 years old and been a part of Church in Action um, for several years now. She came over from Romania at about four years old. Her family moved over, and her family um, were Orthodox, and Quite frankly, they only attended church on Christmas and Easter. As a young teenager, Anamona started to ask a lot of questions and was really curious about who this God is that she didn't know or understand. Well, on a Christmas Eve service, sitting in the service, she thought, I need to ask the priest. Maybe he will know. Of all people, he should know. And so, after the Christmas Eve service, she went and asked the priest, please tell me about this God that you talk about. And the priest, unfortunately, said, I don't know about this God. So she continued to ask people that she knew from all walks of life. And as a young teenage girl, she became really, really frustrated because no one was giving her the answer. And so, as she was walking to a party, she prayed, and she said, God, I don't even know who you are. I'm really frustrated because I've not been able to find out who you are. So, I'm going to ask you two things. Reveal yourself if you really are who you say you are. Reveal yourself in a very obvious way, and you need to make it quick. And in the moment after she prayed, she looked up and she saw a bus drive by. And the bus seemed to say something of this effect. Do you want to know who Jesus is? In fact, this bus was a youth ministry bus. And she followed the bus. She got on the bus. And apparently this bus was created in a way to have conversations with people about God and about Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, she sat there for about two to three hours without anyone talking to her. But she found out the youth group that they were connected with and went to it the following week. And unfortunately, no one talked to her. She was very uncomfortable. I don't know about you, if you've ever been to a church where you felt you were very uncomfortable in walking in, no one talking to you. I hope and pray that that is not this church. 
Because there might be an Anamona that walks in the door that is looking for God. And so she sat in that youth group through the whole day or the whole evening. And then she heard it. The 10 minute lesson that she needed to hear. What she's been looking for, what she's been longing for, trying to figure out, she had a taste of it. So she came back. And for the next three months, she came back each week to hear that 10 minute lesson because no one else would tell her who God is. Still uncomfortable and still not knowing anyone in the youth group. She capitalized on an opportunity to go to a youth retreat up in northern Germany where no one knew each other. But it was there that she found Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. All the while, her parents didn't want her to have anything to do with God or church. It was on one of her birthdays, I believe her 17th birthday, that one of her friends sent her a present. Her mother opened the present, finding only candy at the top, not realizing there was a Bible beneath. So her mom put the, the gift in her bedroom, and Anna Mona had smuggled in a Bible. And from then on, she began to read the Bible. Until that fateful day that her parents found the Bible. And it was at that moment that Anna Mona came to a head with her faith and with her family. Her parents began to rip the pages out of the Bible. She made a decision to leave home to hold on to her faith. She went to university, studied psychology, she even became a nurse. But what she is doing now is well beyond anything that she could ever imagine. She currently is a pastor at the Frankfurt Church. And soon, uh, as of next week, she will be heading to Offenbach and planning a church in Offenbach. Um, Anna Mona is a very significant individual in the church, of a- church in Action. And at the end of our trip... Um, Jacob, Brandon, myself, and Carrie all begin to think and process through how can we impact church in action from the states. And one of the things that we, we've come up with is we want to support her. Um, as she is beginning to take this church on, each month she, her income reduces by 10%. And she's having to raise her funds. And folks, it's a little bit different in Germany than it is in the states. In Germany... Uh, the people pay 2% of their taxes goes directly to the state church. People think that just because Church in Action is a church that they get 2%, the 2%, and that is not correct. People don't want to give money to people who are trying to do missions in Germany. And so we have decided to try to figure out how to raise funds for her. The next step is that we're going to try to bring her over that she may be able to speak to districts and churches Um, to try to raise funds. And lastly, we are trying to connect with Church in Action to send pastors over to develop pastors. And so she was a very significant individual in this this journey. She was our host, and what a host she was. She gave us the lowdown about Germany. And so uh, we four guys tried to learn as much as we possibly could about Church in Action and how they're doing ministry. We met with Chris Zimmerman. He's the guy, uh, well, he's on the right. He's uh, the second guy uh, to the left. Or he's the one that looks German. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Chris Zimmerman, and we met with his brother, Philip Zimmerman, and we tried to learn in four days as much as we possibly could. And what we understood about Germany, what we came to know very, very quickly, is that less than 1% of Germans profess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Less than 1%. In the States, um, about three-quarters of Americans identify with the Christian faith. Now, whether or not they profess to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, many of them think that just going to church makes you a Christian, and that's not the case, folks. We learn very quickly that Germany is a post-Christian society. And so Church in Action is trying to do ministry in a society that really doesn't even know God at all. And what is said and understood is that um, what's happening in Europe 
will soon come to Canada, and what happens in Canada will soon come to the United States. You can see the writing on the wall if you've watched anything in the news in the last several years. We are slowly inching our way to a post-Christian society. More and more people have no idea who David and Goliath is. More and more people don't know who Noah is. More and more people don't even have any idea who Jesus Christ is in the United States. That's a post-Christian society. They have no bearing, biblical bearing whatsoever. And so Church in Action um, says that it's not the amount of problems, it's the amount of spirit. Think about that for a second. We look around in our day and age in the States, and there are so many problems. There's so many issues. But the fact is, as Chris Zimmerman said, it's not the amount of problems. It's the amount of spirit, particularly in the church. Jesus himself said, How much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Folks, as a church, a local church in our community, strategically planted where we are, it's not about the problems. It's not about the amount of problems. It's about the amount of spirit. And so, they, they sense that where there seems to be insurmountable problems, that in fact, that means there is just as many opportunities for the church, for you and I to step in. And that is exactly what their dream is. Their dream is to see heaven breaking into lives, into the city, and into their world. It goes back to that prayer that we read. Our Father who, in, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They want to see heaven break into lives into their community, their city, and their world. And I don't know about you, but as I heard what their dream is, I said, that's us. That's Wapaknaz. Love people loving people to Jesus. We want to see heaven break through into our neighborhoods and our workplaces Not just here on a Sunday morning, but that we can experience the kingdom of God on a daily basis. And that other people, because of you and I, can experience the kingdom of God on a daily basis. And so, they understand that heaven on earth is the church going to where hell is on earth. Let me say that again. Heaven on earth is the church going to where hell is on earth and live with people who are not a part of the kingdom of God. Think about that for a second. Where might there be hell on earth? In our community. In our region. In our area. And so they firmly understand and take hold that Jesus Christ Himself said, As the Father has sent Me, I'm sending you. You are Christ's ambassadors. That people can experience God through you. That it's not just the pastor or the staff member, but everyone who is in Christ Jesus, who has received Him, as their Lord and Savior, our chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are people belonging to God to bring light into the darkness. And so, how do they do it? Well, this is uh, Hans. Hans is uh, Philip and Chris Zimmerman's father. Hans was the pastor at Frankfurt First Church of the Nazarene for about eight years and Hans is is retired and is a businessman and uh, after meeting Philip and then meeting Chris 
on Thursday and Friday, respectively. Uh, we met Hans on Friday in Darmstadt or Wiesbaden, and uh, he came up to Carrie and I and asked about our time so far. And from that moment, Hans began to just spew wisdom and understanding. And one of the things that he said that really caught my, my attention was that if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, you're in the church. Now, I'm going to say something very radical, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with this and, and adhere to this, because um, please know that I'm sharing about this trip and sharing about our experience doesn't mean we're going compl- to shift things here at Wapak Naz. I just want you to understand that, okay? But one of the things is that he comes from the perspective that membership in the church isn't a really good thing. Because if you're a member, that means only the members are in. And those that aren't members, even though that you're in Christ, aren't in. He said, that's not true. If you're in Christ, you're in the church. If you are in Christ, you are in the church. And from what I've gathered, you are the faces that I see almost on a weekly basis. Guess what? You're in the church. And if you're in the church, then you're sent. There's no question about it. If you're in Christ, you're in the church. And if you're in the church, you're sent. God calls people and the church sends people you are sent as a missionary to your city to your community you are a missionary that's right thank you jim johnson isn't here today he would have amen that you are a missionary you are the church in action Not Pastor Stephen, although I am in the church and I'm a missionary, so are you. You work, you play in your community. You family in your family. And in all those areas, you're a missionary. To your kids, to your husbands, to your wives, to your grandkids to your coworkers, to your neighbors, you're a missionary. It is no longer good enough to say, oh, wait, I want to bring him to the pastor. No. You're people belonging to God to bring light into the darkness. And so, how do they do it? Well, similar to what you experience here on a Sunday morning, they have these things called journey services. Um, in Frankfurt, Darmstadt, Mainz, and soon-to-be Offenbach. Um, Journey services are held in coffee shops, bars, yes, I said bar, hospitals, nursing homes, in the Farsi communities, refugee communities. And those are held every other week. They're in small spaces, very relaxing, very comfortable, and we'll talk a little bit about that here very shortly. And then every other week, which should be this week, um, uh, they have a crossway service, held at a movie theater however let me ask you a question if I actually announced on a Sunday morning um, to all of you hey next week unfortunately um, we're not able to meet here at Wapak Naz for some unseen reason we really don't know where we're going to meet but that's okay how would you feel about that as long as we got the message folks we sat in service last week at awake at the awake cafe and they said next week we're supposed to meet at the theater however the theater has increased our payment by 300 percent we're not sure where we're going to meet we may meet here Just keep your ear to social media, and you'll find out. And they're okay with it. Jacob, Brandon, and I all thought, oh my goodness, we'd have heart attacks like crazy. We'd need more AED units out in the the lobby than just the one that we got. 
people would freak out. They wouldn't know what to do. But they were okay with it. They meet in these small spaces in their community. But that's not all. Because, um, well, this is, uh, this is the church in Wiesbaden. So this is, this is one of the places they meet. This was a release party, a 2019 missions release party in a bar. So the story is in Wiesbaden, about three years ago, they said, hey, we want to reach Wiesbaden. We want to connect with those people. We want to reach this city for Christ. So how do they do it? They went to the bar. So we often have a first space. You have a first space, and your first space is home. You have, hopefully, possibly, a second space, and your second space is work. But there's this thing called a third space, or a third place. The third place is where people gather. And so they thought, we're going to go where people gather. And where people gather in Germany is the bar, or a coffee shop. And so in Wiesbaden, three years ago, Germans, as missionaries, went to the bar to connect with people, to build relationships. And over the course of those years, they connected with the owner, the bar owner. They got to know him really well. And KIA, Church in Action, said, hey, tell you what, we, what would you think if we provided you a band every week? a local band to come and play at your bar who will have a following because they're a local band. We'll pay for it, and you'll have people come to your bar. It's a win-win for the bar owner. And it was a win for KIA because what they started to do was build trust with the bar owner. In fact, the bar owner, after a period of time, when they found out that they wanted a place to hold church services, offered up the bar. You can have your church service at our bar. And so for the first time, KIA held their release party in the bar on a Friday evening. Typically, their release parties for their mission trips were held at church, among church people. And so as Americans, we sat at a table with this material in German that we couldn't read or understand. Sitting amongst other church people that were rocking out to the band and other patrons who were there to just have either a dinner or a drink. And eventually, they began to show a video. Video about their mission trips. And in fact, they don't really call them mission trips. They just kind of phrase it in a way that we want you to make your life matter in other people's lives. Here's an opportunity for you to matter in someone else's life. And as we sat there, there was a family who had no clue what was going on, and they were here listening to these minute-and-a-half elevator speeches about Bangkok and Congo and all these places that they're going to, and they're flipping through the material. Folks, how innovative. In a post-Christian society, they go where people gather to connect with people, to bring the kingdom of God so that heaven on earth can break through right there. And just the same, three years ago in Darmstadt, they started to gather at this place called the Golden Crone. It is a bar that is 600 years old. It's amazing, amazing. And it smelled and looked like it too. And in fact, actually, at Darmstadt, they will be uh, connecting here in about two hours, our time. In about two hours, they'll be meeting for their service. They did the same thing. They went into a third place, a third space, and connected and connected. And so we were able to, whoops, we were able to watch and be a part of a commissioning service of pastors to be missionaries right in their local community right there in Darmstadt. As I said, 
a third space. One of the gentlemen by the name of Eric Smith, who I deemed Paul because he had dual citizenship. He had citizenship, he had citizenship in Germany and the United States. And so he said that they have gone there, that they have a faithful presence. Think about this for a moment. There's something about your presence. There's something about you being present somewhere. Your presence, as I mentioned earlier, is very, very important. Your presence is important to other people. And you as a believer in Jesus Christ, your presence is extremely important to the body of Christ. And extremely important to those that don't know Christ. And so Eric, he's a 23-year-old guy who's a missionary in Germany. He's a German who's a missionary in his own country. And he said, it's about faithful presence. Your faithful presence will prove fruitful over time. If you continue to go in the same place to the same people, your presence will prove fruitful. Every two weeks, about 20 of those from Church in Action go to the same Italian restaurant after service. And you could tell. When we sat there and had dinner, they were connecting with the owner and all the staff members. And in fact, one of our gentlemen, Carrie, who's from Orlando, he's the Reliant Mission gentleman, he actually was standing in line and a German started to have a conversation with him. And then the server behind the counter, they all three were having conversation. For the last three years they've been doing this, to come to this place and talking to those staff members. And at that point, in that moment, that staff member said, I'm going to the next service for KIA. Faithful presence proves fruitful over time in the third space. So, this is the church in Frankfurt. That was the coffee uh, cafe where we were supposed to go to the first, the first, uh, first afternoon that we got lost. And what they do here is they, much like what we're about to do in about 20 minutes, people bring food, they eat. They hang out. They have conversations. They do life together. And then they go into service in a public space. Uh, they planted uh, the church here, the Awake uh, Journey Service, right here because this is right next to the university where there's a lot of people. This is below a business um, tower where there's a lot of people that will come down. And so here, they actually didn't go to a third space. They created a third space. Sometimes you may not have a third space to go to, but you can create one. For instance, one of the things that we're doing over the summer is Backyard Nation parties. We are trying to create a third space for people to connect so that we can have spiritual conversations so hopefully heaven can enter in the lives of our neighbors. And so, very simply, we meet and I have very simple service. A very simple service. And so all they want to do is they want to share their lives with people who are not a part of the community. They want to inspire people to follow Jesus. They want people to find a place to grow. And they want people to serve other people. Very simply. They would rather you belong before you believe and before you behave. We often have it backwards. We, in the American church, want people to behave before they believe and before they belong. And they've created ways to do that. They're called communities on mission. Communities on mission are very simple. Where there's an opportunity, they seize it. They seize it. And so there's this thing called Spielmobil. They, have, they just bought a refugee home where the government is actually renting the refugee home from them. And they're able to go in and do ministry in the refugee home. Uh, PX, which is a brothel ministry. Women go into the brothels. There's 11 brothels that they go into. And the men stand outside and they pray over what's happening on the inside. The Pipeline Youth Center, which the government is also funding. 
eye to eye, a homeless ministry where they just go out and connect with homeless folks. They sit down and have conversations. They don't just give them food. They have conversations with them. They try to help them uh, elevate themselves and, and do the paperwork that the government is asking them to do to get jobs. So this is the Spielmobil. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, as you know, several years ago, refugees from Syria began to trek all throughout Europe, and many of them landed in Germany. And there are refugee communities all throughout Germany. And so, Church in Action capitalizes on the opportunity. So they've partnered with World Vision, who's basically funded this whole thing, given them a van, and they go into these refugee communities, and they play with the kids. For an hour, I was trying to catch my breath because we were playing soccer with Ahmed, Ahmed, Muhammad, and all these little kids who are just longing for connection. They've been in transition, and Church in Action is trying to be that, that consistent, faithful presence in their life so that one day, not only these kids, but their families can come to Christ. This is Eric. I mentioned Eric earlier. This is uh, Ahmed. Ahmed is an 18-year-old uh, kid, just arrived in the last several months. And Eric just took him along, said, Ahmed, I want you to meet these boys that are in transition like you are, that you can impact. Ahmed is a, is a, is a Muslim, takes him along in ministry. They build relationships, and they've had very, very deep, detailed conversations about life. So, as we uh, begin to wrap up, uh, this is a, a cathedral. And what struck me about this cathedral, although it is uh, from the, I believe, the 14th or 15th century, it is now a museum. People go in and take pictures of a church. It's a museum. And as I was preparing for this sermon this morning to share with you a little bit about KIA and my trip, I thought, man, when you consider the church a building, it will become a museum. But when you consider the church as people, that's you. When you consider the church as people in Jesus Christ and people living sent, it becomes a movement. It becomes a movement. Meaning, you are in action. I hope there is not a day that people come in and start to take pictures of these orange pews. <laughs> because it's a museum. I hope that never happens. But, I hope that you, you and I get the idea that we are to live sent. You are to live sent. You are a part of a movement. And we're to act this out. So, oh, so I want to I leave you with a few things. What does this all mean? I mean, I've only scratched the surface of this, this, this trip and I'm still trying to figure things out and allow God to do a work in me. And it's probably been one of the most inspirational trips I've ever been on. But there's some things I want to leave for you on the ground level. Okay? Um, one, I hope that you have a paradigm shift or that at least you begin to approach this and have a shift in your thinking that you are no longer a churchgoer, you're no longer a church attender. Church doesn't save you, folks. Church does not save you. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, saves you. And so, you were called by God and sent by the church as a missionary to your own city. Faithful presence in a third space. Folks, 
What's your third space? Where is your third space? Do you have one? I know that I haven't done a good job with this. And I, I've already come and been convicted that I need to, to go into that third space on a more frequent basis. Because when I go to that third space, there's more connections with people than I can have in an office. Go where people gather. Being intentional as a missionary. So where's your third space? Where can you go where people gather? It could be frequenting the same restaurant on a weekly basis. Then connecting with those people there on a weekly basis. Last but not least, if you got it, share it. If you have an experience with God, you've had a kingdom of God experience, share it. Your faith may be personal, but it is not private by any means. People need to see that you've had a kingdom of God experience. If God has done something in your life, then we need to share that. However personal it may be. It's very simply just sharing your story. Because the kingdom of God looks a lot like this. This is not a picture from wedding crashers, but we did crash a wedding. We thought, had we gotten the itinerary before we left, we would not have gone to this wedding. But we got the itinerary when we got in Germany, and so we had to go to the wedding. This is uh, Yaya, the gentleman uh, right next to Jacob, and then uh, the pastor who married them uh, <laughs> kept saying his beautiful wife because I think he forgot her name or couldn't say it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Yaya is from Afghanistan, and his beautiful wife is from Azerbaijan. And this was a Farsi wedding. And uh, Yahya met his wife by going into a refugee community and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the refugee community because he himself is a refugee. And so Yahya was shared the gospel by another refugee uh, from Pakistan who was at the upper echelon of Islam, who came to know Jesus Christ and had to flee his country because they were going to kill him. And so this gentleman from Pakistan used the opportunity of his being a refugee and shared the gospel with Yahya, and Yahya met his wife. And in fact, a majority of these people that are in this picture and were at his wedding came to Christ because of Yahya and the Pakistani pastor. And here you see the kingdom of God entering in. There were people from Korea, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Germany, America. There were at least five or six different languages being spoken in the service itself. And then... The celebration was all about the bride and the groom. Folks, the kingdom of God is all about the bride and the groom. Right? The kingdom of God does not look like Anglo-Saxon Americans. We will be partying with these same people when Jesus Christ comes. And God wants you to bring other people along with you from your own community. It cannot happen merely by inviting them to a church service on Sunday morning. Although that is wonderful. And we're glad that you're here. But it happens when you allow heaven to enter you so that it can extend to other people. Because God loves our community. God loves your family and your neighbors and your co-workers. Will you live sent? Will you be a missionary to Wapakoneta, Piqua, Bodkins, 
Shawnee, Lima, or from wherever else you're listening to, uh, from where you're listening to right now. Will you be that missionary in Ohio, California, wherever? Will you do that? Will you please stand? Jesus, I thank you that, I really do thank you that uh, you absolutely can use anyone who's willing to say, here I am, I'm ready to go, use me the way you need to use me. Who would rather your will be done than their own will be done. That who would rather your kingdom come than their own kingdom come. Father, will you enter in through these people? Will you enter in our community, our schools, our police departments, our Walmarts, our factories, our telephone companies, our coffee shops, our realities? Will you enter in where your people are? Will you shift our thinking? That we're not just absorbers and soakers on a Sunday morning, but we are to spill out the kingdom of God on other people and to find innovative ways to do so. Because Jesus, the love that you've given us, we certainly can't just keep it to ourselves. Bring people to Christ through Wapak Naz and these people. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask that you bless the food that we're about to have. In your name we pray, amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself. Lunch is served. Enjoy. Enjoy.